welcome to Unlocking Unstoppable Love. I am your host, Edward Walker, here holding space for my fellow HCEs, heart-centered executives, and highly creative entrepreneurs. Listen welcome. as your day unfolds, challenge um, what the future holds. So one step Try and keep your head the other. up to the sky. Lovers, they may Lovers cause you tears. Go ahead, release your fears. Stand up my, and be oh guilty. Don't be ashamed to cry. You gotta be bad, you gotta be bold, you gotta be wiser. You gotta be hard, you gotta be tough, you gotta be stronger. You gotta be cool, you gotta be calm, you gotta stay together. All I know, all I know, love will save the day. Harold, what your mother said, read the books your father read. Trying to solve the puzzles in your own sweet time. Some may have more cash than you. Thank you for joining. We're about to fly higher and higher today. So today, we're going to be taking another step forward on our Unlocking Unstoppable Love podcast. In a moment, I'm going to be joined by a very special guest who deserves a powerful introduction and explanation as we venture forward and talk about shifting ancestral patterns from habits that harm to habits that help. How do we look at what's happening in our family structures and gain wisdom while also shifting what can no longer harm us, right? Turning habits that harm to habits that help. So I'm going to go ahead and admit our amazing guest now, Dr. Ifayame Faseye. And I want you to go ahead and give her a warm, warm welcome as we go ahead and get started. So welcome, welcome. Good to see you. Welcome, welcome. We are joined today by Dr. Pasegene. Welcome, welcome. Hello, hello. Can you you? I sure can. How are you doing? Welcome, welcome. We are live. Welcome. Good to see you. A pleasure. It's a pleasure to see you as well. How's everything going over there? Everything is good. We just started our um, kickoff with the song um, Gotta Be by Desiree. So, okay. So we (laughs) venture forward, right? Because we've been holding so much and we just are so glad for you to be here as a part of our legacy edition. And so um, we just wanted to make sure that I first am pronouncing your name correctly. So if you can just um, make sure that you are saying your name for us clearly so we can honor that. Yes, it is Olufonke. Olufonke. Olufonke Fasheye. Olufonke Fasheye. Beautiful, beautiful. And I'm your host, Sacred Walker. Good to see you. Good to see pleasure, you. pleasure. Blessings. So we're going to get started. I know we have a couple of things to venture forward. I've you know, already announced to everyone that we're going to be talking today about looking at how do we shift ancestral patterns from habits that harm to habits that help. But I wanted to just first welcome our ancestors to take a moment to recognize that they are with us, right? And so, you know, as we get started, I wanted to invite you forward to invite in an ancestral blessing, if you will. Yes, yes, of course, of course. Uh, So what I invite people to do is ground yourself in your energy, feel 
where you are at this present moment mm -hmm. and know that your ancestors are with you at this present moment. We're going to summon the ancestors from the east. We summon the ancestors from the west. We summon the ancestors from the north. And we summon the ancestors from the south. And we invite them into this space to show their resiliency, their freedom, the love, the knowledge that we all are going to embody today. Ashe. Ashe, Ashe, and so it is. Beautiful, beautiful. So as they hold us in every direction, as we summon them forward, we just want to thank them for showing up today, for holding us and bringing us together, right? As we hold space for everyone who is joining today. And I just want to do a special thanks for those who have felt like they haven't had a space like this, haven't had a space just to kind of, as, as they, they say in the old times, let their burdens down. Right, so we're just gonna give an opportunity to recognize this is a gift that we have that many before us haven't as we continue just to pay forward because this show is all about how do we support us to thrive? We've gotta recognize ways that our thriving is resilient, right? So I just wanna honor them right now for those, you know, those sacrifices that they made for us. Ashe, ashe. So, yeah, so as we take a moment now just to land in, you know, I want you to just, you know, tell me a little bit about why why did this appeal to you coming on our show today to talk about the topic of looking at shifting healing ancestral habits from habits that harm to habits that help? Why is this topic important to you? Why now? It's, you know, I, I sat uh, with this and reflected because there's so many, so many answers. Um, but uh, for me, ancestral healing is important to me because it's the foundation of self-healing. Uh, if our blood is made up of ancient DNA structures of our ancestors, we carry their energy with us. If we don't do our ancestral work, we can't fully unlock the power of binary coding that's within us. Um, so the goal is to transmute it um, so we can embody our full potential. Uh, so ancestral transmutation is a visceral act of liberation. Uh, decolonization and healing that creates a legacy of healthy habits and interactions that will set the tone for the generations that come after us. So for me, it's important because uh, in order for us to heal ourselves, um, we have to go back to go forward. Absolutely, absolutely. And I appreciate you bringing that in and just, you know, speaking about that very Sankofa symbol of the bird, you know, flying forward while looking back, you know, and I just want to, you know, kind of what I'm hearing and what you're talking about the binary coding, right, and looking at decolonization, I really want to, you know, unpack that some more, you know, so that we can really understand how you're an expert in this area. And I want to build on that, you know, and, and what I'm hearing, I'm hearing that you're talking about the coding that we've been entrenched in, maybe things that we might do automatically, right? So if I'm walking down the street, I might automatically jump if I hear, you know, a car uh, driving by, or I might automatically pull back if I notice a man walking by or a police officer, right? And maybe it's something that is me and maybe something it feels old, right? It's just a coding that's an automatic response, right? So I really appreciate you bringing in this, this observance of this decolonization, decolonizing of the soul, I like to say, right? How do we, how do, we do that? So let's talk a little bit more about that because you know, we wanna feel like we're in, in charge 
but at the same time, they're, they're coding that sometimes are outside of our control. So maybe speak more to that and what makes you an expert in this area, this kind of decolonizing of this whole, if you will, this brain, you know, this, this decoding. Of course, of course. Uh, so when it comes to, to coding, what we have to remember is that our spirit, um, we're made up of many, many, many years, many, many, many lifetimes. That's why you're able to go to a past life um, reader and get information on a past life, you know, several years ago, uh, centuries ago. Um, they're able to pick up if you were a animal, a rock, <laughs> they were able to pick up on all of these things uh, because our, our coding exists in this. It's not, it's not linear. It's, it's kind of a, a, a circle, right? Um, so the binary coding that we, we have is embedded in our DNA, which means our ancestors are embedded in our DNA, right? Uh, which means their habits, whether good or bad or traumatic or triggering, is something that is embedded in us. For instance, a lot of the, the conversations um, that I often hear is, you know, my mother may have been an alcoholic. I am now an alcoholic and so on and so forth down the generations. Um, and yes, we do have free will, but also we, we also carry the burdens of some of our ancestors as well. So some of these things at some point, one of the, the individuals in the line has to heal. They have to heal the thing. Um, and it's, it's really up to us to see it reflect on it, acknowledge it, and start the healing process. So this is something that is, that is embedded, right? So if you jump um, when you see something, or by chance, this happens to me all the time, all of a sudden, I have an urge to, to have like some a giant steak or some fried chicken. out. I'm, I mostly eat veggies and fruit. But every once in a while, one of my ancestors pipe up in my coding and say, you know what you want? you want fried chicken right now. And you know what else you want? You want cornbread, collard greens, and candy yams. Not something I eat every day, but I know that my coding, <laughs> I know my ancestors did. So I, I honor those things as well. So uh, the, the healing, the healing that we come with um, is also the healing that has to come uh, from doing our ancestral work as well. Absolutely. And I appreciate you bringing in, you know, kind of the way we look at food, you know, there's so many layers and histories around that, you know, and in so much of the way that science today is kind of catching up on these things, right? I took an amazing class during my master's program that was called DNA Evolution in the Soul. And the class at Columbia was completely focused in on looking at the ways that the body kind of passes things down and trying to understand the DNA of it, right? But this is old, you know, you're really speaking to this is old and people, you know, around the world will leave out a plate, for their ancestor, where, you know, maybe it's something where you're feeling like a craving, you know, every once in a while, I know when we first spoke offline, we were kind of talking about ackee and saltfish, right? And it's like, yeah, and right, and it's like, okay, sometimes, you know, my mom will come to me as an ancestor, and I'll have the strongest urge to make oxtail. Now, I don't eat oxtail on a regular basis. And for all those who are watching who are like, oh my gosh, stick ready, you're all focused on health and wellness. Oh my gosh, oxtail. But there's a way that I have been drained, kind of trained around kind of the cooking of it and the nurturing of it 
and we'll put a plate aside in honor of those who come before me and as well we'll sometimes eat it myself because i realize that there's a way that i can honor them and this might be new for people who are more kind of grounded in western culture but most cultures outside of the US do put a plate aside, you know, to honor those who come before them. So I appreciate you taking time to just even acknowledge that, you know, and I, I want to know for you, you know, what what ways have you seen communities kind of connect around um, ancestors, connect around challenges connected to ancestral lines, whether it's food or otherwise, what ways have you seen people kind of connect or gather around honoring what's happening in our ancestral line? Uh, the way that I've seen it is there are a lot of people that uh, have come to me and have talked about uh, feeling lost. It is this collective search for something that is deeper, that is visceral and makes more sense to their spirit. And these people are now trying to find the guides that are in alignment with that and going to events that are in alignment with that, right? So what I have seen the community do is create these events. So like-minded people that are in this space of wanting to figure out what is it they're able to see in an event the concept of giving veneration to ancestors. And it's not this siloed thing. It's, a, it's something that, you know, it, it's, it's made public, right? The last event that I, I spoke, uh, it was a bonfire event and there was a giant table and everybody was able to put ancestor pictures up there. And as the priest, I was able to do my prayers, bring in, bring in the, the ancestors in this beautiful way. But we're talking about people that have never, ever, ever seen that before, right? Because they, you know, they're in other faiths or they just never seen it before, but it felt good to them, right? So as, you know, I've seen the community start looking and seeking what, what ancestral veneration is about in order to move down a path of healing themselves, essentially. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I love the fact that you were able to translate that into spaces for people who were newer to, you know, different traditions, African indigenous traditions, et cetera, being able to say, how do you feel when you show up in a space and you can translate it, no matter what tradition you move in, because we all have ancestors. We all had people who've come before us. And we're just finding ways to pay our respect, right? We're finding ways to both heal what doesn't serve us, what harms, and also pay our respects. So I'm really hearing just in your role as priest in this space, in this bonfire space, you were really able to kind of bear witness to and hold space for that. You know, and I can appreciate the benefit, you know, of kind of carving out those spaces and seeing how people respond to that, you know, and I want to maybe speak a little bit to maybe one of some of the struggles, you know, because I, I recognize that there are so many misconceptions, you know, um, you know, Dr. James Cohn, founder of Liberation Theology, once said something so brilliant, I thought, and he was saying, you know, to us, you know, what does it look like when our, um, our films, our horror films have kind of taken on a whole new realm, 
right? I remember growing up watching Stephen King and the idea of someone, you know, dying and coming back <laughs> to haunt and attack us was a very present thing. And I remember being a little girl, you know, to this day, if I see a very large doll, I'm not really a fan of, man you know, mannequins hanging out in the dark or what, you know, and all of that, because there's this energy of, of the very thing that at one point was a part of our liberation, you know, as a liberation theologian, right? The very thing that would, you know, you can go to ancestors and, and get support, right? Because you don't know what to do. You want to navigate something. They're seeing things behind the scenes, right? If that's a part of your belief or just being able to say, I, I have a craving, I need to understand. That was something that was turned against us, you know, and a lot of what we've seen and a lot of what I saw in, in my seminary studies was this understanding of how it became very much harmful, right? Okay, the very thing that was supposed to liberate us was seen as evil and negative, right? And it became oh my gosh, I don't want to do that because that comes with this misconceptions, you know? And so that creates so many blocks for things that can actually be supportive. We've become so afraid of our own traditions, you know? And so I want to, you know, hear from you about what are some of the misconceptions um, that you've seen and, and, and how do you address it? You know, because I really want to honor the importance of ancestral wisdom. But when we start talking about ancestors, you know, we've got a name that some people believe there was only one who died and rose again. And that's a problem if you start talking to those who have died and so forth, right? So the layers of that. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, what does it mean for us to go there? Um, especially as, you know, folks of African descent, what does that even mean? I think uh, people struggle with decoding of uh, colonized mindsets. If you were to, if you were taught that talking to your ancestral spirits are evil, and that evil is voodoo or some other ATR, uh, more than likely the first obstacle is reprogramming yourself to see ancestral spirits as helpful and benevolent. Uh, I think the main struggle is the accepting that superstition uh, and the magic our ancestors held is so powerful that they continue to protect us in spirit and just move their energy outside of flesh, right? So they're just, they're just, these, these things that now have transcended flesh, right? We, we hear a lot of these stories and, you know, this happens to me as a, as a psychic medium. Like I wake up to the actual sounds and voices of spirits that are not in my place that I can physically see, but I can hear them. And I know that they're, they're, they're here because they specifically talk about things that happen in this household, right? You know, when we put certain food out, right? I had a spirit say, oh, that fish was good. I didn't say it. I didn't eat the fish. <laughs> was it? I didn't have any. I, it, what, I didn't eat it. Oh, that chicken the other night was great. I didn't have any of the chicken. So there's no reason for me to, to have this thought pop up with this voice that isn't mine having a conversation about a food that I put out for my ancestors, right? So the, the struggle is like deconstructing what it is that we were taught, right? I'm not saying that what we were taught didn't have a purpose. What I'm saying is currently, if you're in a space of trying to figure it out, it no longer serves you because you have to be expansive. You have to, you have to look at things with the open and expansive mind to truly take in 
all that is this reality. Um, so I, I, I think the, the struggle right now is what we were taught with what our magic actually holds. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that this almost opportunity to unlo unlock the love magic within us, you know, and I appreciate you talking specifically into this place of when you hear or see something, what does it mean? when you know that there's a message that's coming, right? That same place of that, of that message is where the gift gets to be unlocked, you know? And, and I wanna just tie it in beautifully. You know, if some people are listening and going, our, you know, our focus is on well-being, our focus is on, you know, supporting those around shifting and healing so that they can thrive and unlock the magic within. How does it, how does it you know, resonate? And I just wanna to name that, you know, historically, there were these messages. So I, I want to make sure, you know, because everyone's like, oh, you know, if you're listening and you're like new to this, you're like, oh, right. Because I, I serve a both and God, right? So God, God can hold space for all of it, right? It can hold space for Jesus, can hold space for Muhammad, can hold space for Orishas, can hold space for ancestors, right? Because it's, it's an energy, right? But if we take a moment just to unlock when you're talking about decolonization, right? The, just the reality of what things are, right? that in order to reinforce enslavement, right, for those who are like committed to Black Lives Matter, in order to reinforce enslavement, the idea was the only way at first for you to be freed from slavery was that you would convert, that you would say, okay, I'm going to relinquish all beliefs that are connected to my own culture, and I was going to step in to a new culture, a new religion. But then when that happened, and then people started converting because they got onto it, like, okay, this is the way to be free from this. Then all of a sudden the law changed and it said, the US law changed and said, oh, even though you convert, you actually you will spend your whole life being enslaved, right? Because then they said, okay, curse of ham meant all your life as a person with woolly hair, you would be enslaved. So when we start talking about these things, about our history, we have to know our history, right? So that doesn't mean that we don't get to honor the fullness of who we are in whatever tradition you believe in, but just know that at one point, just me showing up as authentic me meant that I had to be not me. And then the minute that I became not me, that still wasn't good enough, right? And hence the message inside of nothing I do is good enough, right? Nothing I do is good enough. You know, there was a woman that I remember who came and reached out to me who was from India. And she came from a long line of people who kept telling her she wasn't good enough. That reminds me of a story. Her name was Sue. And she really, really struggled with this idea of what does it look like for me to be good enough for my dad? You know, she worked in journalism and nothing felt good enough, good enough for my parents, good enough for the legacy that they came from India. She, you know, came from South India, an area where I studied Ayurveda. And so she was really, really wrestling with this idea of being good enough and nothing she did felt like it was good enough. And her ancestry was Indian, right? Her ancestry was Indian. And so what I found was over time, she began to unlock certain messages. She was able to publish her book. She was able to feel clearer and be more confident. But at first, she really didn't feel like she was good enough. And that message, we don't realize how much it unlocked inside. And so she became more confident. She was able to ask for a promotion that she really deserved, but she had all that time been doubting her herself, constantly doubting whether she was good enough. And when she owned that and owned that her ancestors saw her as good enough, things began to align in her life. You know, so I just want to bring it back to, you know, sometimes we're wondering how does this, how does this all fit? 
with a bigger message, right? When we can heal and decolonize that message of I'm not good enough, I have to be something else to fit in, then we get to actually unlock our gifts, you know? So I just want to give an opportunity for, you know, you to share what is a way that people can do that, can, can begin to see this is foundational to that. It's like, okay, things don't feel like they're lining up for me. Wait a minute. Am I, am I in this place of that ancestral harm of I'm not good enough, right? Am I in that message of I hear a message from spirit and I'm not listening, from ancestors I'm not listening because I'm afraid it's not okay? You know, maybe you can tell us to folks who can relate to Sue's story or others that we've shared throughout our time, three ways that, three takeaways. It's like I'm new to this. I'm at the beginning of my journey. Like at the beginning of my sex success path, I didn't mean to say sex path, y'all, but maybe that's going to be a show for another time. That sounds amazing. Right? <laughs> checkmate. Ancestors are like, checkmate. <laughs> but I'm like on the beginning of my success path, you know, and I'm new to this journey and I can relate to one of the stories I've heard today. Um, but, you know, I may be having some fears and maybe, you know, I may have grown up with these beliefs. You know, I may not know if it's okay to, 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 to hear something because I'm told that that's mental illness. I'm told that that is, you know, that is evil. That is not, that's, that's a misconception. That's a, but I'm, something about this today is appealing to me. You know, what are three things that people can do? Those listening right now who, if you haven't already subscribed below because you want to catch the next one. But if I want for today, for you to, to be able to hear from Dr. Fashaye, what are three things that you can do to take away, you know, how do I apply these tools in simple ways in my day-to-day life? That's the, the first thing though. First thing is you have to have grace for yourself. Most of the things that you were given It wasn't because you said, I would like this thing. It was because as a child, you were fed something. And then because you were fed something, then it became your reality. And because it became your reality, it became your routine. So the first thing is you have to have grace for yourself that it's okay to start thinking for yourself, right? You have to start there. Uh, secondly, you have to know you were taught and that that influence now has to be reflected, acknowledged, and potentially sifted through to see what is yours and what isn't, right? Uh, Because there's a lot of things that I was given that was not mine, and I had to sift through it and figure out how do I unpack all of these layers that are not even mine. This trauma came from my mother. This trauma came from my grandmother. This came from this. This came from this. What is me? What is it that I hold? Uh, and that takes, a, that takes some time to, to do. You have to reflect. You have to journal. And then lastly, uh, if, you're, if you're realizing that, okay, I want to start going down this path. After you reflected, journaled, you peeled back some layers and say, all of this is not even me. You have to verbalize to the universe, which means you're verbalizing to who? Your ancestors, um, that you are willing to connect with them. You have to let them know it's okay. I am not afraid 
and I'm going to figure this thing out because, you know, us, we have realized that my grandma, she went to church every Wednesday, every Sunday. She was a part of the choir. All of my aunts were a part. My mother was part of the choir. They were singing birds, right? But they were also incredibly magical, had psychic abilities and superstition. My grandmother was able to pick up on dreams. She was able to, as a young child, tell the doctor, my mother is still alive right now, even though you have her as deceased because she just died. My mother is still alive. They went back, checked her pulse. Guess what? She was still alive because she was able to intuitively hear her mother. We have this gift, we have this magic, but you have to, what we do, step out on faith, lean in. <laughs> we have to do that uh, in order for the ancestor spirits to show up in this, in this manner that is beautiful, that is connected to how we're supposed to show up. Beautiful, beautiful. And just, you know, hearing that and taking a note, y'all, and if, and, and if you didn't catch all of it, right, this is a journey, right? So this is the beautiful thing that Dr. Fashaya has broken down some steps about how you can unpack this. And we recognize that this journey doesn't happen overnight, right? That it's a real clear journey that as you were launching your well-being pathway, as you were stepping up into this next level as a you know, powerful heart-centered executive, as a high achieving creative, right? How do we create space for you to create those shifts and, and, and do this hard work, y'all, right? Because I like to say, you can't get away from here. You can't get away from that mind, right? And also creating space for you to honor what Dr. Fashaye shared, which was, you know, she's still here. She's still here. Being able to trust that, right? Trust that gift, right? Trust that knowing so that you can be a partner to medicine. You can be a partner to healing. So, you know, for those who are, are really looking to reach out and want to continue this journey with you, what is a way that they can do that? What is a, um, you know, you're going to, if you haven't already, make sure that you subscribe below and then you'll see the show notes where you'll be able to kind of learn more about how you can be, um, you know, staying connected with Dr. Fashaye. But for right now, maybe share with us, what is it that you would like to offer today for our listeners who say, you know what, all of what you're sharing sounds powerful and I'm ready to take it from, I have questions about this to I'm ready to take the journey forward. What, what should they do to continue forward with you? Well, this is a very important and critical process in the pivot of one's life. Uh, and because as a, as a prophet, as somebody that is connected, somebody that is a seer, creative, uh, someone that um, has been chosen to, to uh, hold the cross here in America, uh, what I always tell people is to find somebody that you um, align with spiritually uh, to, to bring you closer to where it is that you want to be right? That may not necessarily be me, but if you feel it is me, um, I have a website up. Uh, I have a, you know, a 30 minute quick chat 
consultation where you and I can have conversations about what it is that you got going on, what should be your next steps. I also have mediumship consultations. I also have cord cutting consultations to cut off the old and the things that don't serve you and to usher in the new. I also have mentorship. I just started a August one cohort mentorship with with 10 souls that are ready to dive in deep. Uh, so these are the things that I that I offer. Also, you know, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Uh, a lot of the downloads that the spirits say that I can share, I usually share uh, on Facebook. So these are, you know, you hit me up on Facebook, Instagram. There's, you know, there's the the website. But more importantly, if you're at that space and there is a guy that you connect with or that that connects with your soul. Uh, please reach out to that guide and and see if they can give you steps forward. Beautiful, beautiful. And um, we're, I know we're in unscripted conversation, so we froze literally for a second and then we came back on and that was Spirit's way of saying like, I'm here, open up, right? Right, this, you know, if you feel led, do reach out, um, you know, and making sure that you get an opportunity and you'll be able to see you know, how to connect via Facebook and Instagram below, and as well, ways to get connected, connected to, you know, being a part of potentially the next cohort of the mentor guide, as well as consultations, cord cutting, et cetera, that you can reach out for. Um, so for right now, this is our time. We've had an opportunity to really be led through this process, and we are so grateful for Dr. Fashaye joining today, um, being able to be a blessing and hold space. And I just want to remind everyone that as you are moving forward, as you continue to rise, we are here to support you. And we recognize that no matter what life throws your way, no matter what is coming up for you, deepen in love and continue to be unstoppable. So glad for coming today. Thank you again, Dr. Bashaye, for joining. And we've come to our time now. And we are going to close out with a little bit of Desiree. So lay back, relax, and take some time to recognize that you are in good and divine company as we support you here to unlock Unstoppable Love. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining our Unstoppable Love podcast. We'll see you next time. Release your fears, stand up and be counted. Don't be shamed to cry. You gotta be, you gotta be bad, you gotta be bold, you gotta be wiser. You gotta be hard, you gotta be tough, you gotta be stronger. All right, so we've heard from Dr. Fashaye, and we are so appreciative of that powerful powerful segment. So as a bonus, I just wanted to take a moment to share some additional sacred tips to support you on your journey and ground it in a story. So how is this connected or why is ancestral wisdom so important to me as a feminine, Afro-Jamaican, spiritualist leader and business owner, as a heart-centered executive, and as well, a highly creative entrepreneur? So for many, many years, many, many years, about 20 years, um, I've struggled with, as those who know and don't know, I've struggled with major 
um, womb pains. And one year, you know, about every month I was in the emergency room and I would get pain medication and sent home. And I didn't take the pain medication because I knew I was going to return next month with the same womb pains. It would numb the pain, but not really get to the root. And even though I was doing all this work around the root, even though I come from a long line coming out of Jamaica of a grandfather who is connected to the land and the earth and would grow and raise things from the earth that would help to heal others, right? Way before I even was studying what that meant, what it meant to look at how the body held pain and what it meant, I was just in the doctrine pain. And I was so tired of it, but I was feel woozy, dizzy, lightheaded. I would throw up. Things are coming out of all kinds of ends that you do not need to hear on this podcast today. But never did I think there was more to it until one day I showed up. I was sitting in New York City in Colin Lord Community Health Center before I was working there in LGBT adolescent medicine. This is grounding in just talking to someone. And she one day asked me, the gynecologist, she said, have you ever asked why? Have you ever asked your question, why? Why are you feeling this pain? And I'd never been asked that question, why? It turns out not only was she a gynecologist, she was also a holistic practitioner and an acupuncturist. And she encouraged me and recommended that I look into the why. And so I went into my local community in Brooklyn at the time, And I spoke to a gentleman with this question, why? And he put his hand on my my tummy, right? And above my womb, all the pain and all of the discomfort. And he said, how do you handle your anger? He's like, "Mm, you know, at the time I was, you know, just come out of, you know, um, studying my master's, you know, double degree, Columbia University, um, specializing from the Union Theological Seminary, the top in the country Ivy League from psychiatry and religion with holistic psychology, advancing in drama therapy, just completed my residency in New York Presbyterian. No one ever asked me why, why? And he said, how do you express your anger? And at the time, Anger for me meant pain. It meant you get angry and your parent, my dad in particular, who had intense bouts of lashing out and responding in ways that were harmful. Growing up in a domestic violence household, I learned you get angry and you are gonna get hurt. So I learned to tiptoe around my anger crack a joke about it, tiptoe around it, because I didn't want you to lash out. And he gave me one of the biggest steps onto the beginning of my journey that now, years later, have shifted how I am able to hold boundaries and speak to the power of, I can unlock unstoppable love in me, but it doesn't mean that I get to derate me or have you derate me. He said to me, I want you to speak every day about what is bothering you. Like what's bothering me? I handle things well, I'm, you know, doing, you know, I'm powerful. You know, at the time it was like 
couple of years into launching Kumba Health, you know, was about to step into it full time. And it was like, he was like, no, I want you to speak to what's bothering you every day. You're holding it in and it's affecting your womb. It's affecting your womb. And that journey shifted into me, not only studying and learning and understanding the womb, but I ended up writing a book, one of many that are going to come out, you know, soon, I will give the date when it's officially out, <laughs> around looking at the ways that not only me as a woman have held in anger, but how many women, Black women before me that knew or felt like it was unsafe to express anger or who just felt angry all the time because they were tired of seeing things happen all the time. But in, the, in that moment, all I knew was that my womb just hurt. My body just hurt all the time. And, and I was able to apply holistic tools, create worksheets for myself first, and then create worksheets for others, do research grounded in understanding what's happening. And then I traveled to Jamaica and I did research on gender-based violence. And I found people, women, LGBT people pulling together, really looking to find out what was happening in their body, the pain in their body that doctors could not understand. And it wasn't that the doctor didn't know, is that it was emotionally based pain that I never get, gave myself permission to feel and I had to feel to heal. And so in doing the work and in seeing that I was one of thousands, right? One of thousands around the world who are struggling with this. When I did my research in gender-based violence in Jamaica, I found that people were saying they went to the doctor, they went to their spiritual leader, and they went to community circles to find safety, to feel like, so they can feel to heal. And so gradually in reducing my anxiety and reducing my stress, it's not 100% there yet, but having to feel completely resolved to not being able to move, to being able to be present, right? How crippling chronic pain can be, right? And shifting and healing that, doing acupuncture, creating worksheets and putting into action plans together I was able to say, yes, I'm ready to step into my business. I'm ready to step into my gift and my calling, but I couldn't do that if I knew every month I was going to be in excruciating pain that was gonna block me from feeling like I loved me. I was curled up saying, God, why? Much less saying, God, yes. So why is this important? This is important because if you were like me, that somehow you can relate to any portion of the story that you are ready to unleash that part of you that feels like it's ready to feel to heal. You're ready to create your well-being pathway. You're ready to go ahead and step into your success. I had to both address my anger and work with a counselor. I had to go to a holistic practitioner to understand what was happening in my womb. And I had to work with leaders such as those of the Tuck Business Education um, Program at Tuck, Tuck Business School, such as Columbia University, such as training in holistic medicine in uh, Kerala, India. And what I did was, those are my pathways and then I've merged them to offer tools, soulful tools, well-being tools to help you to get to the next level. And now I'm able to speak more clearly, honor my boundaries, 
speak with confidence and stand in front of you today as a whole person. And when I'm feeling ill, I know to ask why. I know to take time to build in self-care into my soulful business practices. I know to take time to create art, to dance, to move. So I want you to take away these three tools right now if you can relate to this story. Why is it important to heal ancestral habits that harm to ancestral habits that help? Because sometimes your very quality of life depends on it. So number one, call in the elements like we did earlier. Create a corner in your space and call in the elements, right? So earlier, Dr. Fashaye said east, west, north, and south. But I want to call in the elements of water, fire, earth, and air, right? And find some ways to do that in a corner of your home. It can be light a candle, right? That can be your fire. It can be put a little plant there. That can be your earth. It can be open the window. That can be your wind and put a bowl of water, right? Clear bowl, right? To call in, I'm ready to see clearly, right there. And bring some oil over and, right? Because maybe there was the sex pathway thing on purpose earlier today, right? Sometimes, sometimes we gotta make love to ourselves. And sometimes you gotta see what's going on in our bodies that are blocking that very love, right? We, you know, we can't love on our calling and our gift if our body doesn't feel loved on, if our spirit, if what feels broken in us doesn't feel loved on. So create that corner, call in the elements, add to it there, right? Get the oil, step number three. And I want you to, part, part three B, massage your body. Find one body that aches. So say, for example, it would have been my womb and my heart. And I massage massage, rubbing in a circle, right? Rubbing in a circle, calling in that, rubbing in a circle and listening. Why do you hurt? Why do you hurt? And if you can't hear the answer, that's okay, you're listening. And if you can hear the answer, that's okay, you're listening. Either way you honor that. And I want you to write down any words that come up for you, any words. And then from there, you reach out, you've received guidance of how you can gain support and the ways that I can support you are taking that forward, right? Supporting you to get clear so you can hear, building confidence like Sue on your path. And like me being able to step into your journey, even if you are from the beginning, even if you are from scratch starting off on your pathway to listening to your body. Maybe you are saying, I don't have enough time for this. That literally setting that up can take you 10 minutes out of your day, right? So you're just saying, I'm creating time, right? I'm creating time for what matters. I'm investing my time wisely. Maybe you say, I, I don't feel like I can do this right now. You know, I don't have enough money. What I just told you cost under $10, right? Cost under $10. All of those pieces can cost under $10, okay? What if I say, you know, how, 
what is this belief that I have? I don't know if I can believe in that. You know, this, you got to give me something tangible. Give me something I can believe in, right? Give me a, a plan, a strategy, okay? When you reach out, we will create that strategy together so you can step into, uh, use those tools. I have soulful business practices that you can, you know, position yourself as an expert and launch and, and take good care of yourself. But first, we're saying, I want to support you first step, right? With, if I invest my energy wisely, the universe invests in me, right? So we're all we're saying is for one second, we're going to honor the strategist in you. And this is a strategy, a first step in your strategy towards creating daily habits that stick. But we're going to take a first step, right? Baby step, step one, right? So I want you to reach out because there might be something in your body. There's an ache in your body that maybe you're not paying attention to that might actually be the doorway to your success from your stress to your success. So let's turn your pain to power. Reach out. We can schedule a consultation, right? So that you can go ahead and start working with me, whether it's one-on-one -on -one or working with adding yourself to the waiting list so that you can join our amazing tribe and unlock unstoppable love together. Or we can support you in gaining the tools that you need so that you can support your vision to be unleashed while honoring and taking care of your well-being. But start with those three steps, right? And when you add yourself below and subscribe and add yourself to the newsletter, you'll get our very tool so that you can go ahead and continue to, no matter what the economy is, to take steps to unlock your vision in any economy by turning habits that harm to habits that help. Thanks for joining our show today. And once again, this is Unlocking Unstoppable Love, letting you know that no matter what gets in your way, you go ahead and deepen love and continue to be unstoppable. See you next time, y'all. And continue to be fierce. <laughs> What your mother said, reading the books your father read, trying to solve the puzzles in your own sweet time.